things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. Well, my name's Chadi. Um, my husband and I have the incredible honor of pastoring this incredible church. And um, we are currently in a series uh, called Defining Moments. So whether you're watching this later online or whether you're in the building today, I want you to know that every moment is defining you whether you know it or not. <sighs> That's kind of no pressure, but it's true. <sighs> we are in a series that talks about encountering Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, you experience life change. How about you? Did anybody experience a life change? Anyone get wrecked after meeting Jesus? I did. I did. He messed me up. It was like all the curse words I was dropping no longer were funny. Um, Inappropriate jokes were just now inappropriate. They weren't cool. And there were so many things, um, how I saw the world, how I saw people, how I loved people. It shifted so drastically when I encountered the living God. And my hope today as we talk about this topic is that you feel an encounter, you feel something deep in your bones to make you shift. If you encounter Jesus and there's no shift, you did not really encounter the Jesus that I know. Because everybody that encountered the Jesus that I know was like, what do I do now? What can I do now? What can I do? What can I do? What can I say? What can I do? And that's how we should be. Not like that. That was weird. But you know what I mean. The first week we talked about faith. Faith is the evidence, what is it, the substance, wait, evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Did I do that right? Substance, yeah, I did that, I did that. Miss Laura always correcting me, God, I love you. Can I just send you the new website so you can look through it and do the copy? (laughs) You keep telling, you keep correcting me, I'm going to keep sending you my work. Faith is hope found in the evidence of things not seen. We talked about faith. The second week we talked about freedom, which I consider a journey, People sometimes are like, I got free. Cool, but you still got to walk the road to wholeness. Because wholeness is not a destination. It's a road. And freedom happens. God will unleash something within us, but we got to walk that road to wholeness. That's what we talked about the second week, Pastor Stephen. This week we're talking about healing. Oh, I have to define healing today. This has been a real hard message to um, dig out. For a number of reasons. One, because I've lived it. I've lived healing. I can tell you all the different ways that the Lord has healed me. I was born with serious issues, and I lived my first three months um, in an incubator. Um, When I was five years old, I I think I said this the first time I preached, um, I almost died at five. My intestines got all knotted up. I had pneumonia. I almost died when I was seven. Um, I had serious issues when I was in my 20s. I was uh, plagued with an affliction uh, at 22 that that literally stayed with me until about 38. 
that I couldn't get rid of. It didn't matter. Doctors didn't know what it was. I had cancer when I was 26. But I've watched God's hand heal me time and time again. Heal me of depression. Heal me of sickness. So I can tell you this message from experience. But this message is so much more than experience. It's something that has to be lived out. So I'm going to teach you how I've been living it out. I only can give you what I've been working through. So that's how I'm going to give it to you today. Is that okay? Awesome. When you encounter Jesus, your faith is strengthened. The road to absolute freedom is made clear and total healing becomes possible. So today we're going to talk about the possible. So if you're in this room today and you heard healing and you went, eh, God doesn't work with me with that, that's a lie of the enemy. That is an absolute lie of the enemy. Let's put our hands open to receive today and I'm going to pray, Lord, we love you. Let this revelation be your revelation. Let these words be your words, God. Let us have an understanding of who you are in a way, Father God, that uh, we didn't know before, before we walked in these doors, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for your supernatural power to infiltrate this room today, infiltrate those watching on YouTube. God, infiltrate our bones, our hearts, our minds, from our head to our feet today. Lord, that we leave here ready to speak the truth of who you are. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. So today I'm talking about the blind man. There's lots of blind men's stories in the Bible, but this one's uh, very important because this dude was blind from the time that he was born. So there's other stories about blind men in the Bible, but they weren't always blind. It's different to have an issue in your 20s than an issue that you've had your entire life. You can already think right now, wherever you are sitting right now, you can think of something you've had to contend with your entire life, right? For me, it, it, was, it was sadness. I can remember being a tiny little kid and being sad. And sad in a way that you shouldn't be sad when you have everything you need. I know what that feels like. It's weird. I don't know. It's something that's been in my family. It, I, I know this. My grandfather dealt with it. My great-grandmother dealt with it. My father has dealt with a level of depression and melancholy that is not normal. So it's, a, it's something that has afflicted me my entire life. It's something that I feel God's hand moving me towards wholeness every single day. And it's something that I fight for. I fight for joy. I fight for peace. The world will tell you that your affliction is karma, that it's generational. But God looks at it as an opportunity for him to be glorified. Chadi, are you telling me that my issue, like there's a God in heaven who's just like, opportunity for me. No. No, we live in a broken world. Sin came into this world that was meant to be eternal and beautiful and untouched. And because the world is broken, we have stuff we just got to deal with. And bad things happen to good people. So I want you to know that. But God looks at it as an opportunity. Not only to work in you, through you, and for you. An opportunity to work in you, through you, and for you. But so that his beautiful, amazing name could be glorified. And so we find this man in John 9. It's a very long story. And I love you, but I'm not a good reader. <laughs> so I'm only going to read a couple verses. And then you guys can read it on your own. Amen. See how the Lord worked that out. I, when they sent me the notes and they were said, hey, it's, it's verse 1 through 41. I was like, oh, no, that's not the Lord at all. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Jesus. So I got my easy Bible out, my voice translation, which is an awesome translation, by the way. 
And I'm going to read the story, and then I'm going to paraphrase the rest. So thank you for your patience and for loving your pastor. All right, so we find this guy, the blind man. And I'm going to tell you what I've learned from this story, because to be quite honest with you, I thought it was the other story of the other blind man, and I've preached that so many times that I was like, I got this, Jesus. And then I read this one, I was like, I do not got this, Jesus. I do, not, I do not remember this story. This is not a story that I like talking about um, because I have to tell you guys stuff that I don't normally want to talk about. And it's about things that I'm currently still walking through at 40 years old, 20 years of ministry, 40 years, 40, 35 years of following Jesus. These are things I'm still working out. You guys are like, great, what a fail. No, guys, none of us will be perfect till eternity. Be freed up. Have some grace on yourself. None of us are perfect. There's only one person that's perfect. His name is Jesus. We can be excellent. Someone once told me, Chadi, why do you try to be great all the time? Stop trying to be great. It's not even a fruit of the Spirit. Good is a fruit of the Spirit. Only God can make things great. So as you navigate whatever affliction, whatever issue, whatever thing that you're talking through that you have in your mind right now, that you're like, God, I wish I could be healed of this. I want you to know that just you need to have a little grace on yourself. Love yourself the way you love other people. God's got you. God's not in heaven going, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. He's with you, and he's for you. And so we find this man in John 9. I'll start. Here we go. While walking along the road, Jesus saw a man who was blind since birth. Teacher, who sinned? Who is responsible for this man's blindness? Did he commit sins that merited this punishment? If not, his sins... Is this the sins of his parents? People are dumb. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> this is right now, anybody new is like, why are they letting her teach? I do what I want. People are dumb. You know what it is that that poor guy's blind and they're like, your parents have sinned. No, they haven't. Bad things, guys, can I just please free you up? Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. I wish I could. I have so many people that I love. So many theologians and giants of the faith that I know personally that are currently walking through horrible cancer. And I'm like, Lord, they gave their life to you. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm with them. I love them more than you. Some people are in here right now and they're just like, oh, it's, it was karma. No, it's not. It's not karma. We live in a bad world. And one day... Jesus is going to come back in all his glory, and he's going to redeem all of it. Neither his blindness cannot be explained or traced to the particular person's sin. Jesus is like, don't be dummies. He is blind, so the deeds of God may be put on display. Guys, you know what? I hope that the Lord looks at my life and say, my life is going to be displayed through that. My glory is going to be displayed through her craziness and her weakness. Amen? Why'd you guys amen my craziness? I saw what you did there. While it is daytime, we must do the works of the one who sent me. But when the sun sets and night falls, the work is impossible. Whenever I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is telling the blind guy, I am the light of the world. The blind guy who's never seen light. Which I think is kind of mean, if I can be real honest. If... If the dude that I was asking or, like, really wanted to, like, help me with my blindness, I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. What do you mean the light of the world? And we find Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, which I think is really beautiful, and um, it's going to set us up for a win later on in the story. After he said these things, he spat 
on the ground, mixed saliva and dirt to form mud, and then smeared it across the dude's eyes. Jesus spit on him, made mud. He was like, and he made mud and put it on the guy's eyes. And then he told the guy, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. He told the blind guy to go. I'm going to let that sit for a second. He told the guy who can't see, go to the pool of Siloam. Some of you guys are like, Jesus is asking me stuff and I don't even see where to go. Mm. Go wash yourself. Siloam means sent and its name reminded us that his healing was sent from God. The man went. The man went, washed, and then returned to Jesus. The man went, he washed, and returned to Jesus. His eyes now alive with sight. His eyes were dead then, and now they're alive. The neighbors and others who knew him were confused to see a man so closely resembling the blind beggar running about. Yeah, because people are dumb. They won't necessarily rejoice in your healing because they don't understand. I was praying earlier with our team, and I said, peace that surpasses all understanding is usually given to those that give up their right to understand. And some of you are working out your healing and working out your affliction and working out things. It's because you're trying to understand a God that you're never going to understand his ways and you're never going to understand his purposes. <sighs> Pastor Jen a couple weeks ago said something that was so bomb and I wrote it down. She said, God is not in the business of making you happy. He's in the business of making you whole. I'm going to say it again because some of y'all missed it. I almost threw my phone at her. God is not in the business of making you happy. He's in the business of making you whole. And I look at this blind man's story. He wasn't, in the, he wasn't trying to give him his sight back. He was trying to make him understand that wholeness was more important than vision. And so we find him with wholeness as the end game. So the first thing I want you to know is that healing looks like a process. Healing looks like a process. Sometimes God uses the process of healing to get you on the road to wholeness. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes God uses the process of healing to get you on the road to wholeness. So let's talk through this process. The first thing Jesus did is he spat on the ground, picked, and picked up the mud and the dirt, and he made mud and stuff for it. You know who didn't see that happen? The blind guy. Because he didn't do that for the blind guy. Some of you are upset that God is doing unorthodox things, but it has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with everyone that is watching. Everyone thinks that their life will be, um, God will look at their life and, and people will be impacted by their successes. I guarantee you, how you navigate blindness, how you navigate affliction will totally empower people way more than how you do success. I don't care about how you navigate power. I want to see how you navigate no power. How do you treat people that can't do anything for you? Somebody once said that um, money just makes you more of what you already are. Like if you're, if you're not nice when you don't have money, you're not going to be nice with money, so stop asking God for the Powerball, you know? But if you're super generous when you don't have anything, when you don't have any power, when you don't have any influence, if you're super generous and super loving, guess what? When you have power and influence, you'll still have those things. It'll just be elevated. And so we find here is this man, this blind man doesn't even see what's happening. He's building the faith in other people. The process matters. 
Because it's not just about you, it's about other people. So, Kaylee, I'm going to talk about you for a second, okay? So, I went to Kaylee's Instagram. They're like, you know, Cirque du Soleil over here, super buff. And um, it inspired me to eat better. I've been eating better all week because of you guys. And it wasn't like your successes that inspired me. It was your loving way of coming and just talking with me about your life. And God wants to work you through a process. And look, I ain't work out this week. I just ate better. That's my process this week. One day I'll get there. But it's a process. Stop asking God for something instant. He's not instant oatmeal. He's like grits that take forever. The good grits with the milk and the cheese. Amen. Won't he do it, Jesus? The next thing he did is he smeared the mud on the eyes of the blind man. Jesus had just called him, just literally Jesus had just called himself the light of the world, and then he made the guy more blind. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He said, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Blindness. Some of you are like, God, you said you were going to heal me. It just looks darker. It's because he's trying to tell you that what he's going to send you to do has nothing to do with vision and everything to do with listening. Somebody didn't hear that. Vision isn't a seeing thing. It's a faith thing. Vision isn't a seeing thing. It's a faith thing. And God wants to build your faith. He's not about building your happiness. He doesn't need you to have vision. He has more vision than you ever need. If you ever notice, the blind men are always praising before they see. They're going before they see. God is asking you to go and make disciples of the nations. He's asking you to go be a light of the world, and you don't need to see it to do it. You just need to go wash and return. Guys, I'm preaching better than you're giving it back, but let me tell you, it ain't for you, it's for me. So, <laughs> Miss Laura's giving it to me. Thank you, Miss Laura. He sent the blind men to the pool of Siloam. This is the process. It wasn't instantaneous. There was an ugly, weird, old-school process. Woo. The Pool of Siloam. Okay, so there's this pool. It's awesome. It's like where people would go. It was very familiar. Everybody knew what it was, right? He knew that if he sent him there, it would have been familiar. He gave him direction, not details. You guys are waiting for details. He said, follow me. Yeah, but where are we going, Jesus? Is there going to be a Starbucks on the way? If I followed Jesus the way that I follow my husband, we'd have a problem. My husband's like, hey, you ready to go? No, because I need to put my eyebrows on. He's like, no one's going to see your eyebrows. You're wearing a hat. I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, are we stopping for Starbucks? We need Starbucks. I need to get a venti this time. I have a whole process of my craziness. So before I even get here on a Sunday, my poor husband is just like, help me, Jesus. And I'm just so thankful for his patient heart. If I follow, I, and I tend to do that to Jesus too. Hey, Chadi, we need you to move to St. Pete. Cool, 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 cool. I'm gonna need some details on that one, Jesus. Yeah, no, you've got, you've got two weeks. That's literally how it felt. Yeah, no, Lord, I have a house. Lord, I have a house with a weird sinkhole in the front that I've been fighting with the HOA with for two years. Yeah, go to St. Pete anyway and go look at the church. No, Lord, that's not you. So we came to St. Pete. When I tell you we got home and that sinkhole was gone, we got home, and the sinkhole we had been telling the HOA people they needed to fix was gone. When, yeah, amen, thank you. You know HOA is dumb. <laughs> I want to paint my house whatever color I want. I have a lot of PTSD about that. God's going to send you into a familiar place 
You just got to go. You got to wash and you got to return. Trust the direction. Stop asking him for details. And it's not like God's not a detail-oriented God. Go read Leviticus. He's got, he loves details. He's all about the details, but not when he's building your faith. Hey, Moses, cool, cool, cool. Hey, there's a bush. Okay, so this bush, cool. Yeah, no, I need you to go to Egypt. Ooh, what? Hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Ooh, what? No, I'm good. Whale. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Abraham, look at the stars. You're going to have a legacy. Ooh, I'm 107, Jesus. <laughs> have you met my 104-year-old wife? I'm exaggerating. They weren't that old, but they were pretty old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys, you think that you deserve details. He had to die on a cross. If anyone deserved details, it was Jesus. He didn't get those details, but he was obedient. Some of you guys have forgotten how to obey. I'm only on the first point. That clock's, we're going to add five minutes onto that extra clock. There's a process. He went, washed, and returned to Jesus. The process builds our character, builds our faith. It builds our resilience. It builds our perspective. And in the blind man's story, he did not just find freedom and healing from affliction, but he found boldness. God's building your boldness. He got into like a fight with the Pharisees right after this. The Pharisees were like, this this can't be. Go get your parents. You can't be this guy. You can't be this guy. And he said, oh, no, I'm this guy. And the guy who healed me, he's the guy too. Who's this blind guy? This nobody. They don't want to even looked at him. Affliction people, nobody cared about them. And he's telling the, he was preaching at the Pharisees. God wants you to preach at the religious. You realize he wasn't preaching at the lost people? No. It's the religious that he had a fist fight with. Oh, let me offend all the religious, Jesus. The lost people, they'll come. Because all I got to do is love them. Religious leaders were so mad. They were so mad because he didn't just heal them. He healed them on the Sabbath. Woo! Healing looks like rest, y'all. Number two, healing looks like rest. He healed them on the Sabbath. It wasn't the only person he had healed on the Sabbath. He had healed, he'd healed a guy who was like, had dropsy. He had healed a lady with a back problem. He had, had, he had told the guy who was lame, like, get up and pick up your mat. Jesus does things in patterns. You better listen. If there's something going on in your life that is a pattern that God still allows to happen, it's because he wants you to make sure that you get it. Sabbath is not a Jewish thing. It's a God thing. If you are not resting, your body's not going to be good. Your mind is not going to be good. Well, Chadi, you don't know what I got. I know my God, though. And I know he's the God that heals. And I know he's the God that heals on the Sabbath. And I know that the Sabbath is super important. And everybody was so mad at him. Everybody was so mad at him. They were like, you're breaking the law, man. He said, dude, I came to fulfill the law. Hi, I'm here. Some of you are wondering why you don't ever feel rested. It's because you're working this life like a cruise director. Taking my kids to soccer, taking my kids to dance, taking then I'm going to this and then I'm going to that. Like, what are you doing? That's not what your life meant to be. You're not an activities director. You ever seen somebody on a cruise that they don't rest? They like sign up for absolutely everything and then they need a vacation from their vacation? That's not rest in the kingdom. Jesus was like, I need you just to go wash yourself and return. On the Sabbath, a holy day. Guys, healing looks like rest. Are you resting? And when I say rest, I don't mean like watching all of Bridgerton in, in, in four hours. 
Some of you are like, I don't watch Bridgerton. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's number 10 on Netflix, I saw. Just fast forward a bunch. It's fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Guys, I hate having to watch stuff that I have to fast forward through 90% of it. Can I just say, people, watch Sanderton on PBS. It's so much better. It's the same thing without all the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Healing looks like rest. On the Sabbath, Jesus was making a powerful statement. He was saying healing is 24-7, 365. He was saying healing is attainable, possible, and accessible. He was saying healing is found when you rest in me. You guys want healing in your mind? Rest in knowing that he is the God who has you in his hand. He is the God. Be still and know that I am God. There's a verse in the Bible that I love, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you need healing in your mind? Rest. Do you need healing in your body? Rest. Not like the world rests, but like the Lord rests. So, Healing looks like a process that builds your faith. Healing looks like rest that keeps you on the road to freedom. Remember, it's, it's not a destination. You didn't just all of a sudden, I'm free. No, you got to work at that. You know, my, my grandparents left communist Cuba so that I could be born into freedom. That doesn't mean that I come to the United States and I live an easy life. I have to work for my freedom. I have to make sure that their legacy wasn't in vain. So I work real hard. I'm reminded daily of what they gave up so that I could be born into freedom. Jesus died a horrible death on a cross so we could be free. You got to work for your freedom. And when I say work for your freedom, I don't mean like work for your salvation. I mean, get up every morning and read your Bible. Get up every morning and sit in his presence. Make sure that you're resting every week. It shouldn't feel like a job. He said, it, my yoke is easy. Thirdly, healing looks like a miracle. Okay, this one's a hard one. Now, the Lord has healed me instantaneously of things. I've seen it. It's been, it's, it's been done. But he's also healed me in a process. Again, I, I walked through an affliction for almost 20 years. Sometimes healing is a miracle on this side of the earth, on this side of eternity, and a miracle on the other side of eternity. It's, hold on. Even though some of y'all missed that. Sometimes healing is on this side of eternity. And sometimes healing and wholeness is on the other side of eternity. I was praying for a friend yesterday who has stage four brain cancer. This guy is like one of my closest mentors. Like he read my book before anybody and he made sure it wasn't heretical because <laughs> he's a theologian. One of my closest friends, older gentleman. And just the thought that he probably won't walk his daughters down the aisle whew, messes me up. And I'm working on this message as he's texting back and forth to me. And he said, Chadi, the joy is set before me. 
The joy is set before me. Because he doesn't, he's not hoping for victory. He lives from a place of victory. Some of you have forgotten that the victory is, you already have it. Some of you have forgotten that we're not chasing victory. When he died on that cross, boom, you're victorious. More than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You already have your healing. You just might not see it. Will you love Jesus despite? Will you go and wash and return despite? Even if you don't see it on this side of eternity? I think of the people that I love and I have lost. And some have gotten their healing and some have not. And I was so sad. I was so sad. I was processing one of them recently. And I was like, God, that was so unfair. And he said, but he's whole now. It's because he got his victory. You just look at victory through the eyes of a blind person. My bad. My bad, Jesus. Guys, healing and wholeness is going to happen in the temporal or in eternity. We don't get to decide which one. We don't get to decide which one. We just get to be thankful that the miracle and the healing and the wholeness happens. Some of you, it may look like a process. Some of you are just going to have to walk through some weird mud spit situations. Remember that it's not for you. It's for everybody watching that's going to be inspired by how you go wash and return. Some of you need to rest. Some of you need to be okay with resting. I find that my body locks up. I start getting migraines when I'm not resting, when I start pushing myself too hard, and I've had to learn how to let things go. That's what rest looks like for me, Pastor Jen. How do I let things go? The Lord told me a couple years back, Chadi, you're holding on to things so tightly and that has nothing. I was like, yes, Lord, but I'm strong. I can hold on to this, Lord. I'm never going to let it go. Love never lets go, right? And he's like, no. And, he, and I felt like the Lord says, no, love knows when, when to say when. Love knows when to let go. So in moments where I need rest, I start going, Lord, what am I holding on to too tightly? What am I holding on to tightly? Is it that relationship that you have false expectations about that you feel like you have to go see them and talk to them and be in their life all the time when really the Lord's like, they're fine, they're okay. You're good. Is it something that you're doing every week that's overwhelming you and you're like, oh God, I can't do... No one told you to do that. That's you. Are you setting time aside just to spend with the people that you love the most? What fills you up? Do that. For me, what fills me up is spending time with my husband, spending time with good friends, eating tacos and watching funny movies. That fills me up. So I make time for those things. But I believe in the God of miracles. And I believe if you need a miracle today, the God who does miracle signs and wonders has a miracle for you. You just have to see it as such. And that's what our faith does. That's what our freedom does. It gives us the perspective to see healing for exactly what it is. It's God's hand on our life walking us towards wholeness. Because it's not about making us happy. It's about making us whole. Amen? Some of you guys need to embrace the process. Some of you are in the room today midway through a process and you're ready to give up. He, you just heard the spit and you went, oh, no, no. I'm good. (laughs) 
He told you to go and wash in a familiar place that you don't like, that might be a little smelly, and you guys aren't a big fan of it. He might have jonahed you a little bit, told you to go to Nineveh, and you're like, no, no, I'd rather deal with the whale, Jesus. But you need to go and wash and then return. Because when he returned, people were impacted. When he returned, the religious were able to hear the truth. Some of you need to embrace the process. Don't miss out on your faith being strengthened, your freedom attained, or a miracle in an unorthodox way. Then there's people in here that need rest. Some of y'all need to rest. I find that when I'm not resting, I feel like I'm stuck in quicksand. Anyone ever felt like that? Like you're sinking and you can't get out? One time I, I, I said out loud, Lord, I feel like I'm in quicksand. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Google how to get out of quicksand. Like legit. I was like, is, what? So I Googled it. Do you know how to get out of quicksand? This is weird. It literally had a picture of this. It was like the dude took off everything. I'm not going to do it because I like my shirt. He took it off and then you have to like lay flat. Like somehow get yourself flat above the sand. Like very, very still. You lighten your load and then you get in a way that you're able to lay on top of the sand. Some of you aren't even worshiping. Some of you aren't even seeking God. Sometimes, you guys are so bogged down with life that you forgot that the only way you're ever going to rest is by abiding in the presence of Jesus. You're stuck. And today we hope this message will get you unstuck from whatever it is that you're feeling overwhelmed by. Some of you are in need of a miracle. <laughs> I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed and be in need of a miracle. My grandmother used to read the 23rd Psalm over us. Can you put it up real quick for me? Because I want to read it in this version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. Lord, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I shall not want, I will fear no evil. Surely goodness and mercy follow me. My cup runs over. Guys, he does the rest. If you're in need of a miracle, know that you don't need to fear. You, don't, you lack nothing. The voice translation says, I lack nothing. He's going to do the work. Surely goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Have peace, my friends. I'm believing for a miracle for you. I'm believing for a miracle for your friends, for your family. Lay hands on them. Every time I see my friend, I go up to him and I lay hands on him and I pray for him. He's like, you're going to do this every time? Yes, because I'm believing that God's going to do it. On this side or the next, but we're going to believe it. Be filled with peace. Be filled with hope. Be filled with expectation. I believe it. I believe it for him and I believe it for you. And then there's the people that don't even know this Jesus that I'm talking about. Or maybe you haven't experienced Jesus in this way. Maybe you haven't experienced the Jesus that's actually caused the level of life change. 
I'm going to ask Sarah Kate to come up and play behind me so I sound more anointed. Um, that was a joke <laughs> for me and me alone. Some of you need to embrace the process. Some of you need rest. Some of you need a miracle. Some of you just really need Jesus. Some of you need Jesus just to walk into your house and bring his peace that surpasses all understanding. Some of you just need Jesus to walk into your work situations. Some of you just need Jesus to walk into a relational situation. Some of you just need to say yes to Jesus. I'll follow you regardless of the muck and the mire and the spit. Some of you just need to follow. So whichever one that is, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'd like us to all pray together. And then desire is going to come up and close us out here in a sec. But I just want us to repeat it together because I don't know who's watching and I don't know who's necessarily in the room because I'm still pretty new. But just in case, let's pray together. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask you to please forgive my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus is your son, that he died for me on a cross and you raised him back to life. Jesus, I declare that you are my Lord and I open my heart to you. Change me. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Help me be more like you and to do your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But if you're in this room today and you need a miracle or you need a miracle for someone in your, in your life, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. So Lord, I just pray right now for your supernatural, supernatural power. Lord, the blood on the cross that cuts, that symbolizes your wholeness and your awesomeness and your healing power, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over every one of these situations and I say, Lord, do your work. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Lord, you said nothing is impossible. So, Lord, we ask you for the possible today. Lord, we thank you for the possible right now. And, Lord, we speak your healing power, God, over every one of these situations, every one of these people, whether it's in their mind, whether it's in their body, Lord God. Whatever the situation is, Lord, you know it. You know it better than any one of us. So I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit overwhelm them in the name of Jesus. Lord, if it's unorthodox, let it be unorthodox. Lord, if it's rest, let it be rest. Lord, you do that miracle, God. Let us walk in a place of victory from a place of victory, God, because you have already won the battle. You already hold the keys. Lord, we love you. There's none like you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged. Encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM, let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.